It's time for Monday Night Sports Talk on News Talk 1400 WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Featuring the News Gazette media sports writers, Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie. Delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here are the News Gazette media sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. Good afternoon again, everybody, and welcome to Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS. We are with you until... Shortly before 6 o'clock this evening, 5.55-ish, Little League Baseball is on the air at uh, 6 o'clock with a 5.55 pregame show tonight. Matt Daniels is here. Scott Ritchie also in the house. Bob Lostmussen. Gentlemen, Matt, we'll start with you. How you doing, my friend? Good. Good to see you guys again. Uh, can't believe it's been a week since uh, we had a cavalcade of high school sporting events deluge our, our area, and now we're in the dry part. Uh, now we're in the eight-week period, I like to call. Let's uh, let's see what happens to fill the sports section every day. A cavalcade. I like it. Thanks. I tried to throw a bunch of big words in there to distract people. That so. is good. Thanks. and I think it worked pretty well. Did you and you, Bob, have a happy Father's Day? Did. It was great. All, uh, all kudos to my wife, Nora, for making it uh, special. And then my, my three kiddos as well for not adding any more gray hair to my face or hair or beard or anything like that so no it was fun scott richie will one of these days not it's not on the calendar that <laughs> i know of but one of these days we'll, we'll join us well you'll join the fatherhood team at some point at uh, when the timing is right but uh big news today matt is the uh, Supreme Court decision against the NCAA in a case that the NCAA requested. It's kind <laughs> of kind of interesting, but that uh, I guess would be considered a blowout and a nine nothing uh, decision. Yeah, Mark Emmert isn't having uh, too great of a year in in 2021, and uh, Scott Ritchie, who's a lot smarter than I am, kind of broke it down in, in a story that'll run in, in Tuesday's News Gazette. But it basically kind of puts this old notion of amateurism to kind of out to pasture that that's not going to happen anymore and I know the the focus of the case was a more narrow focus and I'm again just stealing words from Scott Ritchie's story that I just read about 15 minutes ago so I would appear somewhat intelligent uh, on this show but uh, they can now have postpaid internship or postgraduate internships that are paid did I just bungle that completely but Scott take I, over you, you got there eventually uh, the case was like I mentioned very narrow it was related to uh, education benefits in terms of like colleges couldn't give uh, free laptops to students or postgraduate paid internships were also uh, not a not a thing uh, now uh, no longer the case and uh, so there I think you know, a lot of people are like okay this is the death of the NCAA and then that mm, could be coming down the road but today uh, just a very, you know, one case, not related in any way, shape, or form to the rest of the, the compensation rules um, that the NCAA has. But uh, individual states are taking care of that kind of one by one uh, and come July 1st for seven states and maybe an eighth, uh, if and when Governor Pritzker signs the similar legislation into, into law. Uh, college athletes will be able to benefit from their name, image, and likeness. And... Uh, 
the Supreme Court essentially just you know, opened the door for you know the rest of you know how the NCAA views compensation and benefits for college athletes to go up and smoke just like their education related benefits. Basically saying the NCAA is not above the law and any regular business out there wouldn't have gotten away with some of the things that uh, the NCAA's gotten away with over the years as far as how they treat their their people. Yeah, no, it's uh it's another win for uh for student athletes on on that front and and more is is coming uh in the coming weeks and and months most likely when it relates to name image likeness and I know Trent Frazier, the Illinois fifth-year senior guard, tweeted out a, uh, a gift today and also some words basically saying, hey, come July 1st, anyone wants to partner up, uh, let me know. Uh, so we'll, uh, we'll see how that affects. Uh, again, it's got broad sweeping changes coming to, to college athletics. It would be a lot easier for, for the NCAA to complain or even you know defend themselves if they weren't having – Making fortune off the basketball tournament, mm-hmm. or if coaches weren't making three, four, or five, ten million dollars a year, it's incre- incredibly insane that it took, it took as long as it did to get where we are now. Frankly, and I think they're going to keep losing lawsuits, and they might have, might as well decide probably now. Let's make this work. Let's cooperate with the kids, the schools, the whatever we need to do. Let's make this all work. Otherwise, we're going to be out the door. And I think that's where you kind of alluded to that, Matt. I think that's where we're headed. Well, and you know, Josh Whitman discussed this whole thing, especially with name, image, likeness, last week, and said that his preference and sort of the preference for athletic directors across the country was, you know, a, a national solution instead of you know, each state doing it piecemeal. Right. Um, and they simply had that opportunity. There was a package on Could the have. table to vote in January, and they delayed it. And now they find themselves five months later um, with the slipping out of their control. Um, yeah, Congress is Congress is probably going to take care of this eventually, maybe, and that's another issue for the schools that they, they probably don't want to go there either. So it's yeah. But what happens in the meantime? July first is less than two <laughs> weeks, be crazy. ten days away. Yeah. yeah. Well, I well in the states that have passed legislation, athletes can start benefiting benefiting from their name, image, and likeness. And then in the states where there's a dozen more that have laws coming onto the books in the next four years. Um, And then, so outside of those seven or eight states, I'd say do it anyway because the NCAA can't have one rule for athletes in California and one for Illinois, one for New York. Um, And I think that's the way, I believe Mark Emmer said that's the way it will be approached, that... If it's going to be legal in some places, they, they can't enforce right. it elsewhere. Otherwise, it'd be a, even a bigger wild, wild west than the, the transfer portal. Yeah, I mean, this has all just gotten me thinking here in the last few minutes, too, just about how we all can sit here and, and we've done in the past and, and griped about what the NCAA has done, and, and rightfully so. But what what happens? There needs to be some sort of overseeing body of college athletics. I mean, you see it at the high school ranks here in Illinois, the IHSA. You see it in professional leagues, NBA, Major League Baseball. What what happens in, in five years when March Madness takes place? Is it going to be called the NCAA tournament if the NCAA, NCAA is not around? What do you what do you call it then? What 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 I again I am all for student athletes getting the right to make money off their name image likeness. I think that's a pretty self explanatory reason why they should be able to do that. But again college athletics and we saw it with 
college football last fall with with the pandemic with all the alterations for conferences that wanted to play and then didn't want to play and change their season and canceled their season there was just no that would have been a perfect time and this was talked about then last summer there'd been a perfect time to have a college football commissioner of some sort some sort of czar that could have the entire sport kind of under one banner well if the NCAA goes away and goes out of business what what happens to college athletics I know that's a huge 30,000 foot question that can't be answered in you know the next 30 seconds to a minute or so but it just kind of popped into my the head. major power the major powers take over which they've sort of done anyway if you look at the playoff but is that not, is that yeah. good for college sports I think it's it's the way we're going to be it's it's not good or bad it's just kind of where, where it is now the, I don't think there's a easy solution clearly the NCAA is it might it might be moving past its, its time okay I think every organization, every, maybe every sport runs itself. Maybe basketball finds an organizing body that follows all the name, image, likeness stuff, and a lot it still has a tournament. It would just be like the CFP at football. There'll be a, there'll be a basketball version of that. There'll be a baseball version of that. I just went to College World Series. I want the, that thing to go on forever. But it might not be under the NCAA's guys. It might be under. College baseball might be in charge. So all the teams that play college baseball have their own governing body, and you think you can do that as long as you follow the rest of the rules. So I think it's going to be fine. I think we're just going to have to accept there's going to be some changes. This is not your father's NCAA or your mother's NCAA, but a lot of good things have come from change over the years. Well, and the NCAA doesn't seem intent on changing because they gave Mark Emmett a extension right, <laughs> so, right. so they're they're digging their own hole and pulling right. the dirt in after them as we've seen though ad's can give contract extensions to coaches across the country and that doesn't mean anything it doesn't mean they're that there until much. the end of the contract but we'll see we've got the phone lines open if you'd like to join us on monday night sports talk at 521 we'll take a break that number by the way is 217-356-9397 matt daniels is here scott ritchie as well bob osmussen yours truly steve kelly And we're back with more on Monday Night Sports Talk on DWS after this. Five twenty-four Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS. Two one seven three five six nine three nine seven is the phone number. Let's say hello to Steve giving us a call tonight. What do you say, Steve? Hey, great weather, but Bob just mentioned he was at the College World Series. I just wondered if he got to see the Virginia pitching coach, former Illini Drew Dickinson. I did not. I, I missed their game. I, I went first first game on Saturday, NC State against uh, Stanford. Uh, so I, I was out of there before they they played. I should have called. I've read some things. I've read some things that Drew's doing some pretty good things for Virginia. Oh, they're really good. Yeah. They're really good. So yeah, it was fun. All right. Just wondered. Okay. Yep, thanks, Steve. Appreciate the call. Did you go out there for one game, Bob? I did. Did you? Yeah, I had to get back there and, uh, for a lot of reasons. But I spent uh, – that was my anniversary weekend. So uh, lucky girl Julie got to go with a baseball game for our anniversary. So she agreed to do that, though. So, <laughs> she, knew, she, knew what time, she, was, she knew what she was signing <laughs> she up for. She agreed. She was – as we drove there, she said, you know, we're, it's our anniversary going to baseball games like – I said, well, yeah, what's wrong with that? <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> let's go back to the phones. Carl is with us. Hey, Carl. Hey, uh, Bob, I was just wondering, uh, with the way Brett Bielema is recruiting, how do you compare that to uh, Ron Zook? 
Oh, I still consider him the best recruiter. Yeah, I had so I, far. I agree with you, uh, but uh, certainly since I've been here. But uh, Ron Zook aimed a little bit higher. I think this is the reality, or maybe maybe he had an opportunity to aim higher. I think Brad Bielema got in, or you know, they still there's still a ways, you know, not very long into this thing. So I think down the road, Ron's like the first year did I really high. He got some guys, obviously. I think Juice Williams was first class, but I think over time he realized I could recruit at a better level and kind of sold the whole make us better thing. When not the guys said, "Were you from your home state? Please come here, and we'll help you know help us win." And there, he was right; it happened. But I think when Brett Bielma has maybe that could come maybe down the road. Right now, I don't think they're getting the level of kids that Ronzuk got at least early. Now that could change. And again, when when Ronzuk beat Notre Dame, beat basically everybody from Bartez Wilson. I was like, okay, the, these guys are different. And it was, it was I was at the uh, Sunday day when he announced his decision. I was actually stunned. I didn't know he was coming in or not. And I was sitting there, I was like, wow, okay. Apparently, this is, you know, same with Ben, same same year. I was like, okay, they just recruited a little bit of a higher level. I think that's could be coming. Anything else, Carl? Uh, no. Thank you very much. Thanks, Carl. Bye. Yeah, appreciate the call. 217-356-9397. Last week, one of the hot topics, and still is, is the uh, proposed 12-team college football playoff, Matt. And uh, it's kind of funny because, uh, you know, there's been some conversation maybe about adding to that, but all of a sudden they went four and 12, <laughs> <laughs> bypassing uh, eight, I guess, uh, in the uh, discussion. I actually, the more I thought about it, I kind of I kind of liked it. Yeah, and I think for football fans of all ages, I think they can get on board with that too because that's the model that the NFL has used for, for a number of years. I know last year they went to, to 14 teams in the NFL, but for 12, for years, 12 teams in the NFL has kind of been the, the standard when it comes to the playoffs, so it's a lot easier to wrap your head uh, kind of around the formatting and the possibilities of teams getting buys into the uh, next round and, and things like that and uh, you know they I know they had another uh, meeting up in Rosemont uh, last week with a lot of the, the conference commissioners and the Pac-12 is kind of pushing for each power five uh, school to get an automatic uh, representative in, in that regard and, and that's probably because the Pac-12 has been left out of the playoff for so many years uh, here since it started that they kind of maybe feel like they need to have a, a seat at the table and make that a, a possibility and then again though that raises the question too of um, if you look at say last year or not the year Northwestern made a Big Ten title game in a normal season, not not last year's and yeah. the condensed season, but they were I believe eight and four going into the conference title game. Let's say they won the Big Ten title game. Uh, I believe they played Ohio State that season. Ohio right. State won, but let's say if Northwestern would have pulled that off, would they have been you know automatic automatically yeah, into yeah. the the playoff, I mean, that's one way to look at it too, but the way it's set up right now is you don't have that automatic every power five gets six the representative. Best. Six best. The six best. That's great. Makes perfect sense. So you could have three you know, teams from have. the SEC, a couple teams from the ACC, a couple no, teams from the Big Ten. Six best champions. Six best champions are going to go. True, six but then they're also going to have and six, six other. More. Yeah, so and you could have three or four from a power five conference. So the Pac-12 is not going to happen. That's what they want is not going to happen. Because the SEC is driving this bus, they're going to make sure 
because they want five SEC teams in the playoffs, right? I mean, let's be honest. So they're going to make this. They're going to make this as open as possible. So you get the six automatic conference champions. Then the next six best. You you don't make any kind of rules that limit that. So I think it's going to be honestly. I think it's great. I think you're right, Steve. Eight would have made some sense, obviously, but twelve is better. I like twelve because maybe the eight would have incorporated this too. But I like. The 12, because some of the games will be played on campus. Homes, of course. Yeah. And how great will be a 5 versus 12? I mean, you look at this potential matchups this year if you play the playoff. It'd be awesome. And they'd you know, full, I have to assume, if you're Iowa State and you're hosting a game, I promise that place will be full. I promise every stadium will be full. Now, some people are going to question and say, how about the top four seeds? Why don't they get to, get to play at home? Well, they get the they get the buy, right? So that's would you rather have the buy or play at home? I think you'd like the buy. What do you think, Scott? You're mainly a basketball guy, but you've covered football and you'll continue to help with that. What are your thoughts on a pro- proposed twelve team playoff? What's well, the way it should have been all along? I mean, four was a concession to okay, we're going to have a quote unquote playoff, but it. I mean, how much did it really change? You know, kind of the, the landscape of college football. I would argue not much. I think twelve gives you. You know, the opportunity for maybe you know, a, a bit, and maybe not nearly as much, but just of the excitement of March Madness where mm-hmm. upsets happen. And I don't know that, you know, if you look at the the four-team playoff that there have been a lot of surprises necessarily, you know, in it. Almost and none. So I think just maybe that's a little more exciting for the the casual college football fan that could buy into a – Coastal Carolina or Cincinnati, and it's like, okay, the, I'm going to root for the number 12 seed because right. I'd like to see some crazy stuff happen. Well, somebody said to me the other day, well, still still could end up with Alabama and Clemson. I said, yeah, <laughs> well, sure, good. Sure. If it does, it does. Well, 2001, Illinois makes the field. 2007, Illinois makes the field. Right. I mean, this opens up a lot of schools that you're not thinking about right now that have no chance. Literally no chance. Illinois would have to go 13-0 this year to make the playoffs. And even then, I'm not 100% sure they will make they would make it. So I'm not proposing they're going to be 13-0. Hold on that. You heard but, it here first. But I'm saying if they did, there's no guarantees they would make it. But if you have 12, Illinois you know, wins the West, they got a really good chance to make the field. Well, I think it also brings up an interesting point, too, and again, this isn't going to be resolved in the next couple of years or even four to five years down the road. I think what's going to have to happen is, is like anything, you're going to have to see it play out, and then you're going to kind of mm-hmm. look back and kind of weigh the, the positives and the negatives. But an interesting aspect that I think is being kind of talked about out there a little bit, but again, we're not going to see this until full effect, is what do you do if you're a Power 5 conference if you're split up into divisions like the Big Ten and the SEC and the Pac-12, do you just get a, get rid of the divisions yes, and get do. rid and get rid of? How do you do? You then get rid of the conference championship games. Do you do? What I want to. Do you do what the Big Twelve does and just take the top two teams, then have a conference championship game? That's gonna, you know, have ramifications beyond just the college football playoff. That's gonna have ramifications on scheduling. Right. Um, you know, as as we sit here in Champaign, Illinois is guaranteed to play. Same six teams every year. They're in the Big right. Ten West. If there's no Big Ten West, and again, I'm not saying this happens. You know, maybe it doesn't happen as early as 2023 when it, it, the 12 team playoff is expected to happen. But maybe sometime this decade, all the all the uh, gumption and all the blowback that Jim Delaney got for the leaders 
Legends divisions. Good luck trying to name any of those divisions at all. But uh, in the Big Ten West and Big Ten East, it's kind of been a staple now for, what, seven, eight years. Maybe that doesn't – maybe it's just one Big Ten conference. And, and the scheduling right now is patently unfair, okay, because there are some teams in the West or in the East that have to play the best team on the other side. It's pretty random. And you look at Illinois has got a nice schedule this year because they don't play Ohio State or, or uh, Indiana or Michigan. That's a pretty good deal. Do play Penn State. You'll play Penn State. That's mm-hmm. the one. That's the one really hard game. And you, sometimes you don't don't know. You can't anticipate. But you know, I think I have a pretty good feeling. Ohio State will be good next year. <laughs> Ten years from now, twenty years from now, thirty years from now. So if you're uh, playing, having to play them every year, or every other year, Illinois, I think in the next two years has, has to go to Penn State. Next two years. Well, that's, that's uh, not fair. And, and if you get rid of the divisions and the Power Five programs too, and, and if, but if you still have conference championship games and you could just have the top two teams right. play each other, that send that takes away the debate of okay, if it's an eight and four Northwestern team playing a twelve and Ohio State team, okay, if Northwestern wins the Big Ten title game, do they get in? And then how does that affect seeding throughout the the playoffs? It's there? always pretty random. But the thing I never understood either was you got. Bit your record where you finished in the division was based on your overall Big Ten record, right? Mm-hmm. So if you had a nasty set of games on the other side, your record could drop. I always thought it should be just division games. Just play the six games you play within your division. That's how you decide who's the champion of the divisions. So I think you're right, Matt. I think the way to go is get rid of the divisions. Best two teams go play a championship game if you want to have one. If you don't want to have one, that's fine too. I think 12 games is enough. We'll know who's good. Okay, just pencil the Buckeyes every year. But <laughs> beyond that, I mean, you'll have a number two, Indiana, Michigan, Michigan State. I don't know who it is, but somebody will be good. So I think it's reasonable to at least look into that. Before we uh, leave college football, uh, this was another weekend of visitors for the um, right. Illini football program. A lot of folks coming in, and you and I and a few others had a chance last week to uh, – be shown what happens on a visit to campus. It was kind of interesting, yeah, wasn't it? Was it was in- interesting and very impressive, honestly. They seem to have everything covered. I think down to, you know, things I, you, would, you and I would never think about. Things about when they bring the players in, what they do with them, where they take them. All, everything was so well orchestrated. And it gave you a sense that these guys, I will say, and I've sort of said this anyway, but Brett Bielbaugh, Knows what he's doing. I think there's no question. Now, will he win it Illinois? I don't know. I mean, he could, might. He has a lot of things going for him. But I think there's no question in my mind after spending some time last week that he has a clue. He knows what he's doing. I'm not sure I could say that about the last guy. But the new guy knows what he's doing. And that's pretty important if you're Illinois football right now. Even though he did come directly from a pro job. Right. Brett Bielma is a college football coach. He's a college coach, coach, right. And, uh, I think that will pay off. and We've got plenty of college basketball to talk about as well. Kofi Coburn is uh, performing as we speak yesterday and today in the G League Combine up in Chicago. We'll talk about that. Again, we'll keep the phone lines open, 217-356-9397. Some basketball visitors and offers as well in uh, the past few days, so a lot going on. We'll uh, get into Scott Ritchie's head on those topics when we come back here on Monday Night Sports Talk on DWS. 
It is 541 Monday Night Sports Talk here on DWS. Steve Kelly, Matt Daniels, Scott Ritchie, Bob Osmussen. Phone line is open for the next 10 minutes. If you'd like to join us, 217-351-356-9397. i get my number straight here. One of these decades. Let's talk some basketball. Kofi Coburn, Scott Ritchie had a chance to watch... Uh, I watched uh, on TV yesterday a little bit of uh, Kofi's game action at the G League uh, Combine up at in Chicago. He had an okay game. What, what are your thoughts? What are you, and what are you hearing about today's action? Yeah, uh, Sunday uh, his team won, so that's always good. But you know, he put up 13 points, six rebounds, shot 60% from the field. Uh, all pretty kind of typical numbers kind of Kofi numbers huh and also Kofi numbers he was 105 from the free throw line (laughs) so uh that was the not great part of his game uh today uh, I played again and I mean I didn't watch I was working on some other things but uh apparently uh didn't maybe play as well today uh so I mean he's he's apparently all in now I mean that's been the reports for a while but you know he told WCAA that that he was 100% in on the draft and uh We'll just see what that means. I, I don't. I mean, there's no guarantee that he's going to, you know, be selected. I mean, the projections, in best case, are you know very end of the second round. Um, so it, it's kind of a wait and see until uh, I guess what the draft is but the third week of July, and uh, we'll, from there, then you know where his professional career might take him. What we don't know is what conversations he may or may not have had with. NBA teams and you know maybe there's that one team out there that that has taken a liking to him and tells him that they've got a place for him maybe we don't know what he's heard or not heard but uh, that might tend to make you stay in yeah and he did work out with the Celtics uh, ahead of the G League elite camp so he's getting some of those you know, individual team workouts uh, those will continue of course you know, up until almost up until right until the draft um yeah, I mean, that's more opportunity for him to show that maybe he can fit uh, in the NBA today. Um, if we were talking like 20 years ago, he never would have yeah. made it to Illinois. He would have just gone, <laughs> would have been straight, you know, prepped to the pros because he was the prototypical center, and he's not anymore. I mean, you can look at, you know, Nikola Jokic was the MVP this year, and he's a big dude, but he his skill level is – you know, much higher than Kofi's, and just from an all-around you know standpoint, I mean, it, it's, it's you can't make just the comparison because they're both you know just giant human beings. So there's a lot you know that Kofi still has left to prove, but you know, for a, maybe you take a flyer on a guy that give you ten minutes, rim run, rim protect, dunk a bunch of alley oops. I mean, there's there's a place for that. Get him out of the game in a close game. Yeah, well, I mean, we saw with you know the defensive MVP of the league, you know, Rudy Gobert turned out to be, you know, you couldn't play him you know, at the end of you know that series just because you know teams are more NBA teams are playing five out, and if you can't guard the perimeter, you don't have a spot. Um, also, this past weekend, it was good to see reports from around the state and around the country, really. But coaches are back out there; they're out there watching. We saw Brad Underwood uh, a couple of places and Chester and Jeff Alexander out and about and uh, finally getting a chance for the first time in over a year to see people in person. Yeah, and it, I mean, it was the first evaluation periods in almost two years Yeah, you know, because, you know, those are summer, you know, 
parts of the recruiting calendar. And you know, last year, obviously, there were zero. Um, yeah, so the coaches got out, and you know, these are all high school, like high school team events in June. Uh, the AU teams will be back together uh, in July for three more evaluation periods. But uh, it was a, a fruitful weekend on the recruiting front for Illinois, just in terms of number of offers out. Um, seven in the last two days. Uh, a mix of some in-state kids like you know Braden Huff out of Glenbard West as a you know four-star recruit in the class of 2022. Um, another in-state offer, Asa Thomas is a 2023 guard. His recruitment literally is just starting. His first three offers, Illinois, Marquette, and DePaul came yesterday. Uh, but he's a really good shooter you know, in that class. Um, both play with Illinois Wolves. It used to be. You know, a, a program that Illinois recruited really well. I mean, guys like Tracy Abrams and Agwu, Dimitri McCamey all played for, you know, Mike Mullins and the Wolves. Uh, haven't had anybody since Tracy and Nana, I don't think, from that program. So they've got a lot of talent. Maybe Illinois is able to, you know, get back in with, with that group. The other hot basketball topic is the <coughs> third assistant coach. And uh, Josh Whitman said last week, midweek, and then again on our show Saturday morning to just hang back, <laughs> relax. The, Brad Underwood's got it under control, and so don't know when we'll see, but we're talking about two positions, uh, Jeff's old position on, on staff and uh, the third assistant coach. Yeah, well, and, and you know the Whitman you know said it was a timing issue. It's the way he discussed it makes it seem like there's guys for those spots and to just have to wait for some reason to announce their hires. Uh <clears throat> I mean, at this point, I'm just ready for there to be some hires and we can stop talking about this. Um, but, uh, yeah, you would think that, you know, that Brad would, would like to have a full coaching staff with four more evaluation periods before the summer's out. And the fact that, you know, the players are back on campus and you know, workouts um, will start, I think, at the end of this week, they'll kind of be you know, gearing up to get get back on the court and certainly spending some more time with, with Adam Fletcher in the weight room. Matt, why don't you give Scott a couple of vacation days? He took somewhere. I know. <laughs> we, we thought that would do it. But maybe let him go again. Maybe uh, that's when this will all break. Yeah, yeah no. Uh, sure. <laughs> I'm in. Well, he, he wrote the majority of our Illinois year in review that, that ran in, in Sunday's News Gazette. So uh, he's uh, I guess he's allowed some, some downtime now. If that's okay, Scott. I'm not going to say no. <laughs> I wanted to ask you about that, uh, not, mm-hmm. not just to stroke your ego or no, anything, but I thought fine. it was... It gets uh, tampered down quite a bit, don't worry. <laughs> I, yeah, why didn't you include this or this <laughs> team or that team or that it player? It happen, happens more on the high school front than Illinois, to be honest. I'm sure it does, yeah. but as far as the time it took to do that, mm-hmm. uh, not only researching it and remembering you know, what mm-hmm. happened and going back, uh, give us an idea of... How long a project like that takes? Yeah, make sure Scott Ritchie's fingers are well-equipped or he's not dealing with any carpal tunnel syndrome before he starts really honing in on, on that project. But Scott really, you know, and, and I, it's the whole new, it's the whole sports staff's uh, contributions to it too, mainly so when someone complains or something, it doesn't all fall just on Scott. But well, he, it's him. He it's does. He does. <laughs> he, he, <laughs> did, he did a lion's share of, of the work, and um, yeah, but he doesn't always answer the phone. It, <laughs> it probably gets back to you, though. Yeah, that, that's okay. That's <laughs> that's part of being the boss, I guess. But uh, no, uh, Scott did a did a great job, and it's uh, it's always a challenge each and every year because you never want to forget 
or leave something out. Uh, this year was a challenge in a different way because you didn't have kind of a normal, normalish school year by any stretch of the imagination with, you know, the first sporting event not starting until, what, nine days before Halloween uh, with the first football game and uh, no fans in the stands, things like that. So that kind of altered a little bit of it. In the past, we've always done categories, kind of best crowds, worst crowds. Well, we couldn't do yeah. that this year <laughs> for obvious, obvious, no obvious reasons. But um, no, and, and Scott and I kind of just kind of go back and forth a little bit when he's kind of run into a wall or he's just, you know, tapped out from researching what happened in a particular month. You know, he kind of comes to me and just I kind of give him some ideas as well and um yeah i mean this year we we always name a male athlete of the year female athlete of the year and, and coach of the year um to me the male athlete of the year was a no-brainer uh with with io Desumu, who means the first first team ap all-american in illinois men's basketball history and they had a great season uh female athlete of the year was olivia howell who kind of came on later in in the school year that as was well. almost a no-brainer too yeah it was in the sense too yeah. with her accomplishments um both indoor and outdoor especially with what she was able to do in the outdoor season as well coach of the year again kind of a no doubter with brad underwood but um you know another cool aspect to that as well just besides naming them <clears throat> you know scott was able to get all three uh for interviews last week and uh got some insight from Iowa Sumo as well that we ran in, in Saturday's paper just about the draft process as well. But no, it's a, it's a huge undertaking. Um, Scott knew it was coming, though. It's not like I just sprang it on him, you know, like last Wednesday. Hey, we need an Illinois Youth Review. He, he knew it was coming for a while. But uh, as he can attest to, once it's all done, it's kind of a, a cyber. And big shout out, too, to Joe Vizelli, uh, our copy editor, who kind of took the brunt took the, the legwork and and made it all appear pretty uh pretty seamlessly in the in the paper on and on Colin Likas had some input as exactly well, sure. yes when he was not uh charting what happened down at state track last week in Charleston <laughs> as well that's a big job if you've ever yeah. covered that that's yes. a take your hat <laughs> off to him Bob we got a couple of minutes left what are you working on this week Lots of columns. I've got one. I don't know if it's running or not. It might. I'm not might. sure yet. I haven't decided. I went to the College of World Series. I kind of told people, go there. Try it. Once in your life, go. There's a one, the one of those bucket list things. So I'll write some football probably this week and whatever else Matt has in mind. <laughs> now, you've been to the, the World Series before, oh. hadn't you? Oh. Several times? Probably 50 games in total. Is that right? Including the game where there was a streaker, which I mentioned. Was it you, Bob? It was not me. It was mm-hmm. a guy with, with a pink bat. Don't know what, <laughs> and uh, went to the great game, seventy three. David Winfield, uh, one of the greatest games ever there. Minnesota's leading seven nothing, and so it was bottom of ninth. Southern Cal rallies, scores eight runs, beats David Winfield. They had a it wasn't a streaker, but it was a goofball at the U.S. Open yesterday. A guy came out with a golf club and a couple of golf balls in his pocket, and somehow. Got out to the middle of a fairway, threw down. Was it mad? Was it? Threw down a uh, golf ball, hit it off to the into the woods, and then threw down another one. Then started running, and then got tackled after, right after he almost got ran over by a golf cart. (sighs) I mean, they were trying to catch him. I guess it's just because we didn't have fans at sporting events for so long. But it just seems in the last month, six weeks, ever since they've been back, they've just been a little crazier than usual. John Rahm, good stuff, winning the uh, U.S. Open. And they had a good uh, U of I open mm-hmm. over the weekend as well. Good coverage there in the in the News Gazette. We'll have more in tomorrow's paper about good it. Good deal. Scott, what are you working on? Well, now that the year in review is finished, <laughs> uh, just basketball. Uh, I have and nas- name, image, and likeness uh, will be in tomorrow's paper, along with a uh, story with House of Pain. You know, it was got 
you know, the number two seed in their region and you know, their first round matchup set. So I talked with Michael Tulip today, just kind of about the team and about kind of what's next for them over the next month. Thanks, guys. That takes care of it. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Little Steve. League Baseball is coming up here on WDWS Champaign-Urbana. Thanks for listening to Monday Night Sports Talk. We'll talk to you again soon.